Hello and welcome to the Banker podcast series, Banking in Transition, where we explore how banking has changed through the COVID-19 pandemic and is adapting for the future. In this series, the Banker's editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practices and innovations that can help banks and their customers as we move towards a new normal in banking. I'm Kimberly Long, Age Relator of the Banker, and today I'm speaking with Manoj Mystery, Managing Director of the IBOS Association. Hi Manoj, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much, Kimberly. Thanks for having me on. So to start with, how are Asia's banks progressing now as we move on from the worst of the pandemic in the region? Sure. Um, I think um, in terms of the pandemic itself, uh, you know, there's likely to have a bit limited impact to some of the Asian banks, um, especially around one key area, which is um, short-term liquidity. So let me just explain that a little bit more. The, the majority of Asian Pacific uh, banks, the majority of the largest banks in 2021 have entered the year with sort of stronger ability to withstand short-term cash outflows um, and placing them in a better position to weather a looming economic downturn caused by the coronavirus outbreak. Um, I think large Asian banks are experiencing improvement in liquidity, uh, one because of um, the high deposit growth, um, slow credit growth, as well as the support actions from uh, the central banks, which has been very key to this as well. Deposits have been increasing, and uh, due to financial market investors cashing out and storing funds in banks, many corporates are utilizing their credit lines from banks and again putting funds back in to banks as deposits. Some of the smaller Asian banks will have some challenges here, uh, you know, obviously with, the de- uh, with a weaker deposit franchise, but might not enjoy the same benefits in terms of deposit growth, um, hence my experience some of the weakness in liquidity. So in, in short, obviously, uh, you know, the pandemic is, is obviously a global phenomenon, but uh, with regards to uh, its impact to the Asian banks, uh, you know, the short-term liquidity play and, and how Asian banks have addressed this has been uh, excellent in my view. And how are the banks in the region now all working together as, as we kind of move through into the new normal in banking? You know, the Asia Pacific region is standing together in, in terms of what I, what I see. Uh, you know, they're cooperating regionally uh, to address uh, what I would call transnational um, threat of COVID-19 and the pandemic itself. I think there's uh, three sort of key areas around this. Is One is a shift to digital, uh, which obviously is, is not just... Uh, uh, aligned to Asia, but obviously globally. But um, in Asia, there's, that's uh, one of the shifts. Um, also, in terms of what I mentioned earlier, the strengthening uh, of the liquidity positions as well, and how they're trying to protect their customers. So if I look at um, uh, how they shifted digital, you know, there's been a greater degree of emphasis uh, by many, many of the Asian financial institutions um, to uh, accelerate uh, their shift to digital channels. So in my view, Asian banks not only sort of leaned more heavily on existing digital channels to enable contactless customers engagement, but also accelerate the path to digitize core banking processes. One of those key areas has been what we call the uh, EKYC, which is electronic know your client um, sort of functionality where digital signatures are collected and online documentation submission is done through the digital channels. Um, I mentioned earlier, obviously, the uh, strengthening of the liquidity positions. Um, you know, Asian banks have um, uh, prepared well uh, and changing to uh, obviously the, uh, the customers borrowing needs and withdrawals. Um, I've spoken to a few executives who uh, continue to assess their institution's position and to ensure there has been sufficient liquidity there as well. 
Um, one of the other areas which I've um, obviously mentioned earlier was the um, protection of customers. Um, you know, Asian banks are definitely in a unique position to enhance their what we call customer confidence, ease concerns about financial commitments at a time of you know the disruption through the pandemic, and have taken a proactive measure or have taken proactive measures to help most vulnerable customers. Um, and and, and in, in this in this light, obviously some institutions have offered additional products uh, and value-added services such as COVID-19 insurance and uh, epidemic and uh, sort of medical information portal. So it's basically where they're innovating through obviously a pandemic to create new uh, product streams as well. We're seeing a lot of development now in different parts of banking in the region. And how are the capital markets expanding and developing across the region? In this area, obviously, uh, liquidity is a key to this as well, and liquidity is driving Asia's, you know, high, uh, highly active capital markets, uh, both in equity and in debt. Uh, and I expect this to continue uh, throughout the region. You know, major markets, obviously, China being uh, a big part of that because of its um, uh, reliance on trade uh, externally. Um, one of the key questions is whether you know um, this flood of liquidity can trickle sort of down the real economy. Uh, and uh, this is where I'm sort of less uh, optimistic. Um, you could you could have a situation where some of the large corporates that are well funded uh, through this process, but you'll have the SME market, which obviously is significant, will potentially struggle. So it is about you know how the liquidity trickles down into the real economy. Um, if we look at um, Chinese uh, sort of fundraising um, uh, and in the in the in the market there, you know, it is the most active country in Asia for fundraising, and and China has been a very dominant there, and the economy has obviously rebounded due to a successful management of the pandemic as well, and and moving into obviously um, uh, you know new products and new services as well. Um, the other area obviously around um, uh, the capital market expansion is about is around sustainability. Uh, a consequence of the pandemic is that thrown into focus of the harmful relationships that human race currently has with nature. Uh, I can see this in capital markets via a sharp pickup in issuers relating to sustainability. So more issuers looking at um, developing products around sustainability. Um, the Asian bond market, for example, there has been a strong issuance uh, in so-called COVID bonds in the last, um, last year or so. Uh, which are basically designed uh, to direct capital towards projects that relieve the social impact of the pandemic, which I think is, um, you know, an innovative way of obviously raising capital to obviously um, uh, shore up obviously different countries and different markets and those that obviously uh, require uh, obviously the funding and liquidity stability as well. And as you mentioned just then, like this uh, rise of sustainability is such a big issue now, not only in Asia and but also globally. But what are you seeing in the region in terms of the movement towards working together to combat climate change. The, the Asian Development Bank obviously is very much focused on, um, you know, uh, key markets obviously where there is a lot of poverty uh, around um, uh, some of the Southeast Asia, Asia region. It's responding in a positive manner. It's addressing the climate change needs and investing in some of the key areas which I uh, looked at. One, it's looking to strengthen its regional policies, so align uh, policies across uh, the Asia region. Uh, obviously, with uh, the uh, uh, local government agencies, with also um, NGOs and others, in terms of how they look at strengthening the policy to deliver what they need to in in, in Asia. The governance capacity and support is obviously very key, 
Uh, and I think that uh, the region is working very well um, around this. The other area is obviously expanding the use of clean renewable energy. Obviously, this is, uh, again, not an Asia thing, but obviously in terms of its, uh, its global um, use of um, obviously renewable energy, um, China is uh, sort of at the forefront of this now and uh, continues to move forward in terms of how they look at renewable energy. One of the other areas, um, you know, that they're obviously looking at is, is encouraging sustainable transport and urban development, uh, which is all part of the uh, um, uh, developments around climate change, but also urban development being a key part of the continued growth in Asia. I think the other part is uh, promoting climate development uh, or climate resilient development, especially in border dependent sectors and managing land use and forests for carbon um, sequestration, basically. This is, a, this is an area which is obviously very key uh, around um, the dependent sector, especially around forestry, especially around um, use of clean water as well. So I think, um, you know, Asia is obviously very focused on, and Asia itself as a, as a, as a continent is working very um, rapidly in terms of addressing the climate change needs. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for joining me today, Manoj. Thank you. And you can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify and Acast and follow our discussions at thebanker.com slash podcasts. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.